People are stupid. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 528. I'm Andrew. I'm Pamela. And I'm Pat. No Laura this week. She is on vacation. Laura and I actually recorded a landy moments before she ran off to vacation. So she squeezed that in on Monday, but she's off to the Florida beaches. <sighs> How fun. You had a little vacation. I yourself, did. I went somewhere very different to the Florida beaches. I went up north to Portland and it's beautiful and green and there are lots of mountains and it was awesome. I love the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. I have so much. Always wanted to go to Portland, and one of my best friends lives there, so I really want to have an excuse to go out and visit her soon too. Yeah, you should go. And I will say, it's so much better when you go see somebody that knows the area. You go with somebody that knows the area because we had been to Portland a few times as a family, and we had been there for like a day, and definitely did not go to the good part of Portland. But my brother's been out there for a year now with his best friend. And so now they kind of know all of the best places to go. And so it was just such a different experience to to really kind of experience the city from the perspective of somebody that, you know, spends all their time there. How many different coffees did you have? Because your Instagram had a lot and I kind of lost so count. So many. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, uh, it was like, I don't know why I did this. I should have known not to do it this way. But I, I was like, okay, well, like, I don't drink beer. So I'm gonna drink all the coffee. And I did all this research on coffee shops that I wanted to go to. Like, I did some prime legwork on the internet. And <laughs> I started going to these shops. I was like, this is not good. Why am I not finding the good coffee? And then I went to Stumptown because I knew that Stumptown was going to be good. Stumptown, like, you know, they um, have, like, prepackaged bottles that they now sell nationwide, and they're expanding. I know they're a bunch in L.A., and they just make great coffee. And I started talking to the guy that was bringing me up, and I was asking him about, like, the pour-over situation because that's what I wanted to try. And then he was like, I don't know how much you know about coffee. And I was like, yeah, like, you can just get nerdy. It's fine. And so then I realized that what I should have been doing the whole time is just, like, picking one coffee shop and then asking everybody for their recommendations. So that's what I did for, like, the second half of my trip. And then I got the best coffee. So you should always ask the locals. So if you had to pick one coffee in Portland, what would it be? Um, well, I think that you should go to Stumptown if you haven't been before. But like, mm-hmm. obviously, if you live by one, it's going to be the same thing. Um, I really liked Upper Left Roasters, too. And upper they had left. a couple of different espressos um, ready to pull. And then they also had a really good pour over list. Upper and... Left, like Upper Left in the country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clever. I like that. It's Yeah. And it's right by like some really cool hipster street so if you want to go shopping after you can but yeah nice. and you can watch them like roast the beans there if they're roasting so it was Ooh, really fun. good espresso and you went to pals which is arguably the greatest bookstore in america well actually i'm partial to strand in new york uh-huh. city but it's similar okay. and it's so great like i my brother took me in there the first day and he was like very gracious because he knows that i could spend all day long in a bookstore and he just turns mm-hmm. to me and he goes 
We can literally go through every aisle if you want to, or here's a handy dandy map. Mm -hmm. And I was just so overwhelmed because there's so much. Yeah. You know, it's, like it's a you huge don't even know where to store. start. Yeah. Let's let's call it the best bookstore in the upper left. Is that fair? Let's do that. That yeah. Pam <laughs> is where I met Bruce Springsteen on October twenty sixteen. Otherwise I known as the best day of my life. Did you did you find my tears of joy scattered across the books? I, I could feel them as soon as I entered. There yes. was just a magic in the air, and I knew that it was just remnants of your encounter with beautiful Bruce. i would probably cry if i went back there i'd be like oh my god this is a <laughs> place um i will say though if you are like if you're looking for used books like if that's what you want to bring back from portland or you just happen to be in there and you're a big bookworm i also went to this much smaller used bookstore called the title wave and they're all actually used library books but i picked up a bunch of books there because there's minimal markings and all of the book jackets are really nice too because they've been wrapped for use at the library, mm. and nothing was over a dollar fifty. Oh wow! So, that's wow, awesome. that's yeah. awesome. Pat and I have had a busy week because Pat is pretty much moved in here now, and yep. uh, it was stressful. But then I had a revelation. You'll I, never have to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And oh, he's paying half of my mortgage. That's great. Well, that's really nice. <laughs> right? That's that's what's like getting me through the stress. No, but um, he has a lot of stuff. And it was stressing me out trying to make it all fit in here because I'm a very clean person. I like things looking organized. I don't like things being all stuffed in like you know, all over the place. I like having a home that's that's sleek and, and just not crowded with things, especially when I, I not just live here, but I own it and I also work here. So I need to be very happy with my space. That's very important to me. But Pat, on the other hand, you look at his old apartment. It's like a college dorm. It's a freaking mess. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't be that way over here, but he right. still had a lot of stuff. I'm a nester and I've been in Chicago for seven years now. So it's like I have accumulated a lot of stuff, but I also wasn't attached to like half of it. The other half I was. So that was kind of hard to get rid of some things, especially if they were given to me as like gifts or something like that. But I did mm -hmm. sell a lot of stuff. Well, that must be nice. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Did you had you lived in the same place for seven years too? No, this last place was four years though. So that's still a long time. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But so my revelation was why don't we just get a storage unit? And it, I think it had crossed my mind before, but when I was living in LA, they were expensive. And I just did not want to add that on to my monthly expenses. But then I looked around here. We did some comparison shopping. And we found one that was a really good price for a, for a really good size. Climate controlled, super secure, all that shit. So we did that. And it's suddenly a lot less stressful. Because I don't have to force Pat to get rid of his stuff. Or to cram things all over the place it's just like oh everything can go in the storage unit and not just his stuff but my stuff too so we've both been both been putting stuff in there but man what a relief that's my recommendation this week get a storage unit all right goodbye everybody <laughs> <laughs> the climate control though that's a good tip because i wouldn't have thought to think of that yeah i think most yeah. of it them must mess up are. things like if you have a lot of paper you're trying to store you know photographs and stuff like that or valuables yeah you want yeah you want, it's it's comforting to know that your things on hot days aren't melting <laughs> away 
that's uh pretty much all set now and i just love having a storage unit because i can just like i don't have to sell things off anymore i can just put them away i haven't been using my standing desk for example it still hurts my legs so i don't have to sell it i can just go put it away it's great we also went to a wedding over the weekend and it was a wedding for somebody who i did not know pat like how many when was the last time you probably saw this the guy who got married my cousin <laughs> Yeah, your cousin. When was the last time you saw, <laughs> saw your cousin? Um, Easter when I went home. Okay, that's not too far. And then Christmas, yeah. But I had never met this guy, so I was like, uh, why am I going exactly? <laughs> but met a bunch of your family, which was nice. Yeah, a lot of my dad's side, which is massive to begin with, so I knew that would kind of be <laughs> over-stimulating. <Stressful. laughs> it was in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, so the the, the chapel was like, meh. But... So we we're seated, and they're playing like easy listening versions of top forty songs. Yeah, like and Disney songs, something and stuff. from The Lion King. Can you feel the love tonight? Like all piano, no lyrics. Yeah, That's nice. Piano, acoustic guitar, stuff like that. I'm like, okay, sure, fine. But then the wedding starts, and she walks down the aisle to shallow. <laughs> From a star is born. I think Pat look at each other like, what is this for real? And I was kind of checked out of the the wedding from that moment because that was so ridiculous. I'm trying to think about whether or not I would classify that as a romantic song. It's a song from a movie in which a guy kills himself. That's, I, that's right. all I could think about. <laughs> I just like, no, I'm just thinking about what that says about their relationship or what they think that says about their relationship yeah and she was just probably like oh it's a pretty song i really like it but to me thinking about that movie i just think about suicide so hearing that i could not believe that you were disturbed right pat yeah i was just like this is the weirdest song to walk down to like you literally could have picked anything and you picked shallow like no I was ready to walk out of the wedding as soon as that started. So many Ed Sheeran songs. Right. <laughs> right. Anything acoustic, really. Like, anything. And we stayed at Pat's parents, and I didn't know this until the moment we were leaving my apartment, but his parents have a rule at their house where couples cannot sleep in the same room unless they're okay. married. I'm glad you brought this up, because... so. One of the other things I did in Portland was I met my brother's new girlfriend, and it turns out they're coming to visit in, like, three weeks, so I'm going to see him again real soon. But on top of my mom having a smaller house, like, it, it's kind of this weird thing where it's like, do I put her in the living room, or do we put them in, like, my brother's room, but my brother only has a full-size bed, so then my brother was like, well, you can just put two mattresses on mattresses on the floor my mom was like well that's kind of weird because then we'll have like a blank bed frame so so wait to be clear your mom is not okay with it well i think that like my brother didn't really give her the option he was just like oh yeah sierra and i will just sleep here or i I probably shouldn't have said her name but oh it's fine yeah so i just find that so old-fashioned and i'm a little annoyed that pat didn't bring it up to me until literally as we're walking out the door i legit thought i did before because i had been on the fence about getting us a hotel room or not i like for a month i was like should we get a hotel room should we just stay at your parents place i don't know i don't know i don't know anyway my dad is actually the same way my mom doesn't give a shit but my dad did not let my sister 
and her now husband sleep in the same bed when he was over. He did not let my brother's girlfriend sleep in the same bed as Ryan when they were visiting uh, a couple weeks ago from Florida. And he's always been that way. However, (laughs) straight couples, that's a big no-no. With me, he does not give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Pat's been over. My ex has been over. It does not get brought up at all. Well, at least it's not a double standard in terms of genders, because I feel like my brother just didn't give my mom the option to say yes or no. He was just like, well, we'll just sleep in the same room wherever you want to put us. But if I had, you know, brought a boyfriend home and my bed is definitely big enough for two people, she would have been like, oh, yeah, like he can sleep in the living room. Yeah. Well, for my dad, it is a double standard. But I think I don't know why he doesn't care with me, maybe because I'm the oldest and like. I have been living on my own for 11 years now. I don't know what it is. And we can't get pregnant no matter how hard we try. Yeah. Maybe or maybe that. they don't want to talk like, I don't know, they, want, they don't want to bring up like awkward conversations. But your parents are cool with you being gay. So it's exactly. like the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a little, it's always been a little bizarre to me. But I've also said to my sister and brother, like, what the fuck? Why does he do that? It's just, and he, he like, likes to play by certain catholic rules i guess but not all of them so it's a very weird situation going on in my opinion Uh, we all knew we all know cherry pickers believe me (laughs) well and for me too like if my parents had let my brother's girlfriend who is like the worst human in existence like sleep in his room then i would have been like well this is a double standard no but because they do Mm -hmm. make her sleep in a different room then I just didn't say anything, you know? Mm. Yeah, because it's just a house rule. So I guess that makes sense. Pat wouldn't have even slept with me if we shared the same bed that night anyway, because he passed out on the basement floor that night. He was so drunk after the wedding. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm going to bed in your brother's bed. Your brother who didn't talk to me at the wedding. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I was very drunk anyway oh and the one other thing i wanted to mention about the wedding and this is another reason i couldn't take it too seriously is because they brought up during their 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 speeches at the reception that they had only met each other two years ago (laughs) i'm just like why are we here (laughs) if they only met two years ago i'm sorry but they're probably going to be divorced in a couple years like i can understand fast engagements And when you're like older and more mature, but she also is still in college. She turned 21 after they got engaged and they were engaged after less than a year of meeting, which I understand can definitely work out for some people. But the fact that she is so young, he's three years younger than me. So he's 26 then. So a 26 year old and a 22 year old getting married. Yeah, it can definitely work. It just seems very fast for the maturity level of that area. Yeah, because she doesn't probably have as much life experience as she thinks. Were they at least living together for a while? Because I think that that's like the prime um, like mistake any couple can make is just not living together before. Yep, not living together. She was living in her parents because she's still at college and working at a movie theater. Wow. Wait, like they still? I don't think don't they have a place go. now. Like maybe they're getting an apartment, but from what I heard in my family, is that he was just planning on moving her in with him in my aunt and uncle's house. 
Oh boy, wow. that is so That's Wisconsin. Which they are very, very well off as my my aunt and uncle are, but that's so their house is big enough for it. It's just you don't want to be newlyweds and living with your parents. But right. also because it's still I don't know how strict the parents are, but you're it's like you can't really make your own rules. And if you have meddling family, then mm-hmm. that could cause issues for, you know, your relationship with your partner. Right. So. Which I yeah. think they'll be pretty laid back and let them kind of do their own thing. But I I don't know. To me, it would just be like, I'd want my own space at that point. Like, I'm married. I want my own space, you know? Also, just wanted to mention here at the top of the show really quick, we spoke about Equifax. I guess it was probably back in 2017 now. There was a massive data breach that exposed hundreds of millions of Americans' social security numbers and other sensitive data. Now... Thanks to a class action, you can file a claim to collect on the $700 million settlement, which contains a $380 million consumer fund as part of the class action lawsuit. So I actually did this. You go to EquifaxBreachSettlement.com. The site is not run by Equifax, by the way. So you're not handing over your data to them again. You give your last name and the last six digits of your social security number. So it's easy to do. And then it'll tell you if you're eligible or not for $125. Woohoo! Did you try this, Pam? Uh, no, I haven't actually, but I should. Yeah, I did. So are you eligible? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I did too, what but I've heard pa- that it's really hard to get that full amount and that most people are only going to get like $5 from it. So you might as well choose the like three years of credit monitoring. No, fuck that. You can get credit monitoring for free. Anyway. Yeah, I was going to say my bank does credit monitoring. Right. So. so it depends on how many people fill out this class action lawsuit form. However many people fill it out, it's going to be split up uh, up to $125 per person. So we'll see. We're going to have to probably wait a while. If you actually spent time fixing shit after your data got leaked... You can get another $25 per hour for a total of 20 hours. However, you would have to provide proof that you spent all this time securing your data or changing your personal information or something like that. So that that part would be difficult. But this other part, just going to the website, putting in your last six digits of your social and your last name, you can uh, fill that out pretty easily and then get a check for some amount. I guess we'll update everybody once our checks come in. I'm still hoping it's the full 125. (laughs) People are lazy and forgetful, and a lot of people won't do it. Okay, so before we get to the news, let's actually hear from Laura for a moment about this week's sponsor. Hey guys, Laura here, quickly stepping in to hear a word from one of our sponsors, FabFitFun. The 2019 FabFitFun Fall Box is now on pre-sale. FabFitFun is a women's lifestyle subscription box filled with full-size premium beauty, lifestyle, fitness, home, and tech products sent straight to your doorstep each season. I always love getting my box and being surprised by all the new products they've sent me. It's kind of like Christmas year-round. Each box is customized to your specific interests. FabFitFun delivers the seasonal must-haves you need. The fall box is the perfect way to treat yourself or others and get yourself ready for autumn with FabFitFun's carefully curated box of products. This box has everything you need for your best fall yet. Save money on quality, full-size products today because these deals do not last long. 
I've been getting seasonal FabFitFun boxes for the last year or so, and it's always such a nice treat to see it waiting for me on my doorstep. And since they send full-size products, the stuff they send has lasted me a long time. In the past, I've loved the Kwai Leave-In Conditioner, Levito Mandarin Orange Body Lotion, and the Venus Williams Jump Rope, and still use all of these things most days. I can't live without my Kwai Leave-In Conditioner. Since I wash my hair infrequently, this stuff is a lifesaver for keeping my hair soft and smelling great. And the FabFitFun membership also goes beyond the box itself. You can purchase add-ons and we'll have access to FabFitFun TV videos and the FabFitFun community forum. Like I said, receiving this box feels like an early Christmas. The boxes are so colorful and come with magazine inserts to tell you about all the products you're receiving. And it's always such a good mix of health, beauty, and life products. FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box with full-size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. It retails for $49.99, but always has a value of over $200. Use our coupon code MILL for $10 off your first box at FabFitFun.com. That's FabFitFun.com and enter coupon code M-I-L-L for $10 off your first box. Give yourself the gift of a life well lived. Head over to FabFitFun.com and enter coupon code M-I-L-L for $10 off today. All right. Thanks, Laura. Time now for some news. Pam, you're going to kick it off today. Yes. uh, Let's talk about K-pop. So BTS is obviously one of the biggest K-pop groups in the entire world. But the BTS ARMY is actually in the middle of going to war with MTV over the MTV Video Music Awards nominations. So VMAs have been around for a while, and they actually just announced their full list of nominees this past week, where they unveiled a brand new category dubbed Best K-pop and nominees in this category include the likes of Blackpink, NCT 127, and of course, BTS. So a brand new category specifically for K-pop might seem like a great idea to some, but the ARMY specifically aren't happy about the fact that this might be, um, you know, a clever way on MTV's part to make sure that BTS still gets nominated, but isn't nominated in other categories. So even though the group scored nods in the new category, as well as in the categories of best collaboration, best choreography, and best art direction, they did not score nominations in major categories such as Video of the Year, Artist of the Year, and Best Pop. Mm -hmm. So isn't the concern that, maybe you're going to get to this and sorry, Uh but maybe, maybe is the concern that their fans, which are, who are so rabid, I mean, we cover them on Hypeable. We see mm-hmm. it. Are just going to vote so often and uh, they're going to get so many votes that they're just going to win every category and then the VMAs are going to be boring? So this is actually the first thought that I had. Um, the fans, uh, just to like kind of get to the point here, um, basically they're arguing that it's racist and xenophobic, at least some are, to uh, you know, create a new category so that they won't have to put BTS up for some of these bigger categories where they they kind of actually probably should have at least scored a nomination, um, especially when you take into account like how big of a year BTS has actually had. Um, Notably, BTS, I don't know if you guys remember earlier this year, their music video for Boy With Love actually broke YouTube's record for the most views in 24 hours. And that particular music video specifically has more views than any other video nominated in this year's video of the year category. Um, 
But regardless of what you might think and whether you agree with fans or you disagree with fans, I actually, my first instinct was kind of what you were saying, Andrew, which is that, you know, putting BTS up in all these categories because their reach is so vast basically just means that they're probably going to sweep. And while that's really exciting for the BTS army, um, it's not so great for other people who send their clients to these award shows. I mean, we saw this every time the Twilight Saga was up for the <laughs> movie awards, you know? Yep. It's like every year was the same thing, like Twilight, Twilight, Twilight. And yeah. it's fun at first because it's really funny, but then it just kind of gets really boring. Yeah. It also happens at other award shows, too, that are more prestigious, like the Oscars. There have been years where films have swept in most categories, right? Pat, you would know because... You get obsessed with the Oscars. Yeah, I mean, it happens, but usually it's just because, like, it really does deserve it. And I do think that just with BTS's following, they probably do deserve it. But the VMAs now aren't what they used to be, in my opinion. Like, I don't find them fun to watch anymore to begin with, just because... I don't know. All the performances are never that great. Sometimes you have some like big standout ones. Like wasn't Beyonce's like whole pregnancy reveal at the VMAs, like stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a big one. I don't know. Or like um, Justin Timberlake reunited in sync there. And Britney Spears made her big comeback there twice. Right. So, and I just wonder, like, they are, do have because, some good moments. Also, because I haven't watched them in forever, aren't there genre awards, anyways? Like best hip hop, best yes. pop, best country, or stuff like that. So, doesn't it kind of make sense to have a K-pop section since K-pop is becoming so big in the U.S.? I think so, but I I, I do kind of agree that it's kind of a weird look to um, just because you know they're not being included in a lot of these bigger categories with what people would describe as like Western acts. Oh, okay. And I believe that something similar happened too when MTV announced the Latin category where sometimes, you know, maybe not even on purpose, they'll nominate something as like a Latin pop song, but even though it's kind of transcended the Latin genre and kind of moved over into mainstream pop, it's not necessarily recognized just as a pop song. It's just like categorically, you know, this ethnic um, category and, you know, that's Mm -hmm. it. Like to the average listener, I don't think it is that way. Uh, Like, I don't think anybody would look at, say, um, Havana by Camila Cabello and say, oh, that's like just a Latin song because it's crossed over. Right. But Mm -hmm. at its heart, it is. So it's like, how do we decide what is what? You know, this reminds me, since we're all Harry Potter fans here, Harry Potter was the reason that the New York Times created a children's bestseller list because right. Harry Potter was eating up the fiction bestseller list. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, I just pulled up the article actually when the New York Times announced it in June 2000 and they were honest. They said, yeah, um, <laughs> Harry Potter is really popular. We need to do this before the next book is out. So <laughs> here, here we go. But yeah, I mean, I I understand. I I think it makes sense to me. And K-pop is so big right now that they probably should have their own category. I can see why fans are upset, but I also think that they, you know, take it in stride. You're causing the VMAs to create a new category. That's kind of cool. 
That's definitely another way to look at it. Here's some nice news, sign of the times, I would say. Some states are starting to give students the option to take mental health days. Lawmakers in two states have recently recognized the importance of the mental health of their students by allowing them to take sick days for just that. On July 1st, a law in Oregon went into effect, giving students five mental health days in a three-month period. In 2018, Utah changed the definition of a student's valid excuse to miss a day to include an illness which may be mental or physical. And according to a recent study, teenagers named depression as a problem among their peers. They also blamed their anxiety on politics or climate change. And in Oregon, the bill was supported by several teens One recent graduate told the Associated Press that the bill was inspired by politically active students in Parkland, Florida, and that she and her peers wanted to address mental health issues in schools. So I think this is really cool. I I can't imagine having these in school when I was a kid. It may also just be the beginning of a trend as stigmas around, around mental health are lifted because it used to be like, Oh, you can't you can't talk about your mental health issues. You can't talk about being depressed or having anxiety. But now, slowly but surely, people are more open to speaking about it, kind of like we are here on the show. I do wonder if administrators worry that these days will be taken advantage of, like sick days. So if you add on mental health days in addition to sick days then kids could be taking off more, could be playing hooky, really, more days a year. So I don't know if we're going to see a lot of this very fast, but it does, it is something that definitely needs to happen. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. I'm sure that to take like five days off in a row, because that's a whole school week. Mm -hmm. It might be one of those things where, especially if you're taking it around, say, a big test week, you might have to have a note from at least like the school guidance counselor or something. Yeah. I could see rules being imposed like that because I don't know. I don't want to dismiss anybody's struggles, but I do kind of feel like my one worry with mental health being so out in the open is that um, sometimes like kids especially are more prone to misdiagnosing themselves. Yeah. So, like, it's really easy to say, like, oh, like, I have so much anxiety over this, but it's like, oh, but, like, you don't really have anxiety. You're just nervous, and that's okay. Right. And I think that the questioning of them, like, the kids abusing it, ultimately, that falls back on the kid. Like, if they're going to abuse the system and take all these days, and then if they fall behind on their work or miss an important lesson and don't make it up, that's really on them then. So, yeah, you kind of dig so yourself into your own hole if you abuse the the program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, falls onto the parents because until you turn 18, you, you can't call yourself out sick. Right. So, like, they will call your house. Right. That's true. Yeah. And, like, my mom, for example, like, it took my parents a really long time to realize that, like, I wasn't joking when I said, you know, I was suffering from X, Y, Z. And especially yeah. when I was growing up and in high school and stuff like that my mom's like oh like you're feeling a little funny here take the pepto-bismol to school have fun oh my god yeah same 
Yeah, she's like, you don't have to miss school for that. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. Those things are changing now. So that's good. Yeah. More workplaces, of course, need to add mental health days as well. I mean, schools, for example, need to add them for the teachers if they don't have them already. Imagine taking care of all those kids. My God. Yeah, I, actually, I have a um, I have a cousin who's an educator and he's he's pretty young. He teaches high school. I think he's like 25 or something. Mm-hmm. And I, I can tell that some sometimes he takes the work home with him. Yeah. Especially because he, um, he, well, he was working in Texas and I think it's like way worse over there because they're a little bit more conservative and he was, you know, championing for a gay straight alliance at the school. And it's just like when you have like all of these kids that are tugging at your heartstrings, I, I imagine it's very hard to leave that at the door. Yeah. If you all listening have not taken a mental health day, give it a try. And I'm dead serious. Just fucking relax one work day. And unplug. Unplug, yes. Like, don't check anything. Yeah. Just tell, like, the important people where you've gone if you're going off the grid, and then just, like, don't check your phone. And you'll just be surprised by how refreshing it can be to disconnect, and not just that, but to not work for an extra day. I mean, sometimes we take days off, but it's because we have a wedding or something else. Take a day where you're actually doing nothing, where you're not sick, you're not busy, you're just <laughs> existing on the couch. You're slothing hard on the couch. And when you get back to work, it can feel really good. Especially, of course, if you're taking like a week-long vacation like Laura is right now. Well, speaking of unplugging, uh, let's talk about one of the most popular social media platforms, Instagram. They're in the news again, uh, this time for going on a meme page purge. So on Friday, Instagram deleted around 30 meme pages with a combined total of 33 million followers. And interestingly, Instagram did not offer up specifics for the owners of said pages with regards to why their accounts had been deleted. Uh, Users with deleted pages were instead met with a vague message when they tried to sign in, which read, quote, your account has been deleted for not following our terms. You won't be able to log into this account and no one else will be able to see it. Uh, So obviously these people are understandably furious and many have taken to Twitter to sound off about how they are now out tens of thousands of dollars in revenue earned through advertising and sponsored posts from these pages, which they no longer have access to. Uh, One young user in particular actually revealed that he'd made $30,000 in revenue so far from his now deleted page at Autist. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, Money that he was actually saving up to pay for college with. So that kind of sucks. Um, Later on in a statement to the Daily Dot, a Facebook spokesperson said these accounts were disabled following multiple violations of our policies, including attempted abuse of our internal process. But they didn't go into more detail than that. So it really kind of still remains a bit of a mystery. One thing we do know is that the decision seems to be final. So... That sucks for them. Uh, The most popular theory online, though, is that the mass purge might have had something to do with the fact that many mean pages actually steal and post content without getting permission from the original creator. Uh, And this is actually the subject of much discussion earlier this year during the Fuck Fuck Jerry movement. I don't know if you guys remember this, uh, specifically calling out the accounts Fuck Jerry and the Fat Jewish for uh, notably making their careers and lots of money out of stealing people's content online. So Yeah. I'm also seeing in an update on this Daily Dot article that they were alleged to be selling and purchasing usernames and alleged Mm. attempts to fraudulently obtain others' usernames. I don't know exactly 
what all that means, but that sucks. But look, this is what happens when you are running a business on somebody else's platform. This is, to some extent, what publishers are going through. Facebook turns the knobs and just a, just a hair, and suddenly publishers are making less money because their articles are being put in less people's feeds. So they're right. getting less traffic to the website. This Even the with uh, YouTube and the AdSense and, you know, how the, the algorithm, the software, baby. yeah, the algorithm favors more uploads, right? More uploads, more likes or better quality content. But how does it determine what's better quality content, mm-hmm. etc.? There's a there's a lot of things that you that are not in your control when you are on the Internet, really. If you are one of these content creators on Instagram or content stealers on Instagram or a publisher, you you are not in control of anything. Unless you're spending money to get traffic to your social media page or your website through some sort of advertising, you're fucked. I mean, Hypable partakes in some advertising because we need to get eyeballs on the site. Everybody does it. We we've thought about doing it for the podcast sometimes too because we you know we want more people to listen to the show but we can't trust Facebook so anyway that's a bit of a tangent I trust that Instagram made the right decisions here and these are just to be honest trash Instagram accounts with worthless content <laughs> it's not particularly meaningful stuff right so it's really it, just it, an aggregating page right yeah they're, right. they're finding like the the funniest quote-unquote funniest stuff and then you're just going there but if you yeah. spend enough time on reddit i'm sure you could find the same kind of stuff oh yeah or facebook or twitter mm-hmm. or tiktok <laughs> anyone here try tiktok yet nope <laughs> My mom's on TikTok. Like, she's not uploading, but she's like, Pamela, do you ever go on TikTok? This is a sign we're getting old because we're not on TikTok. This is where the kids are. That's true. Snapchat was probably my my last social media app that I downloaded. I can't keep diving into these social media. I was never into Vine, so I, I figure that's why I shouldn't bother with TikTok. On a related Instagram notes, they are continuing to roll out that change we spoke about a few weeks ago where they are hiding the like counts. It's not in America yet, but they rolled it out to a few more countries. And it seems to me like they are going to roll it out everywhere. So I'm excited for that to come to Instagram because even though Facebook owns them, it seems like Instagram has been trying to create a good experience within their apps. They have a time limit feature. They tell you when there are no more posts for you to look at. <laughs> so Do stop they? scrolling. I've never hit that before. What? Yeah, but I don't think I'm on it enough to like, I, I mean, I... Oh. Yeah. I don't think I've ever scrolled so long that they're like, that's it. Nothing else to see here. Pat, you see that, right? Yeah, because I usually scroll until I see one of my previous likes, and then I just go back to the top. Oh, wow. But I, also but don't I follow, get a message. Like, I know some people who follow like over a thousand accounts. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I probably follow too many. And my Insta, <laughs> like, I follow 231. Okay, that's that's pretty like manageable. I can keep up with the posts in my feed, but I can't with the story. And a lot of the time, 
I just don't give a fuck what people are posting in their story. So I just swipe right past that person. And I think Instagram reorders the story feed based on who you're swiping past. I think they you do too. But- that? Yeah, well, it's, it's if the, you have a video that you haven't watched yet that goes to your front again. Mm-hmm. So if you swipe past them, you technically haven't no, but watched I, it. But I feel like people who whose stories I actually do watch are always at the front. Oh, and I then see the people I don't give a fuck about are like all the way in the back. I do kind of wish that they let you like pick favorites for that because sometimes, like I don't know, I, I, there are some definitely some like celebrities that I would like to just kind of watch their stories for whatever reason, personally invested, and if they're all the way at the at the end, because I think um, Instagram for me just um, they prioritize like real people, like real mm-hmm. friends, people I actually know. It would be kind of nice to just say like, oh, yeah, I want to keep up with like, say, Andrew, Pat, and then also, um, I don't know, Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Well, you can do the reverse of that. You can mute somebody's story. Oh, OK. See, that's yeah. so much extra work. But you know what? It I is. guess if I did that with my phone, then I could do it with Instagram. Right. And I know you can do the like close friends now for your own story. But I wish you could do like the opposite where you can just choose which ones and then ignore all the others. I'm always so honored when somebody adds me to their close friends. I know me too. Wow. What did I do to deserve that? Can you tell? Oh, only if you watch their story, right? Well, yeah, because their circle is green. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Maybe I'll play around with that feature because sometimes there's things that I want to share, but then I think, oh no, because like, what if I have a secret stalker and then they'll just right. know too much about me? Yeah, it's just, I'm always so flattered. Like, like Pat's roommate, Tommy, adds, has me on his close friends list. I'm like, ooh, wow. What did I do, Tommy? Why do you like me that much? <laughs> but yeah, I don't post in my story half the time because I don't want everybody seeing it. Pam, you're right. One more tech story today. So Ultraviolet, the the digital movie service, is shutting down July 31st. That's today, the day the episode is being released. Ultraviolet, if you ever bought a DVD or Blu-ray, you may recognize this name. They were Hollywood's original attempt at a cross-platform digital movie locker service. So you would open up your DVD, and then there would be an Ultraviolet Violet code in there. And then you would type that into Ultraviolet's website or iTunes or another one. And then you would have a digital copy of the movie. I know I had done this with a good eight or nine films, I think. Not many. But now they're shutting down. They did warn people in advance to transfer their movies over to Vudu or one of the other services that still exist. However, they did not guarantee that all of your movies would transfer over because of various rights and whatnot. This is the end of an era because for a time before streaming, we thought this is how we were going to watch our movies digitally. Did either of you use this? Yeah, I had maybe like two or three movies in it, but I had connected mine to Vudu like a while ago. So I didn't Mm. have any issues and everything of mine also went over. So... Yeah, I must have two because I know that the these codes for digital copies have been around for a while. So I would assume yes, but I thought that they were all on iTunes. Honestly, it depended because like Disney had their own little section for a while. Universal was usually mm. with the Ultraviolet, from what I remember. 
Um, I think Disney did automatically go into iTunes when you used um. Yeah, because all my Disney movies are there. Yeah. And I actually, because I used to have, I mean, I had a, a lot. I had over 100 movies before this whole move it started happening. So with what you can actually do on Vudu now, which is great, is you can scan the barcodes on your movies. And for a, a Blu-ray, you can convert it to digital for $2. And for a DVD, you can do standard definition for $2 or high def for 5 So I just scanned every movie I had, any one I could convert, I did. And then I've gotten rid of all those movies. I've sold them and whatnot. So I've tried to move everything to digital for at least half the ones I had, which was really nice. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about DVDs and Blu-rays. Physical copies, old school. Pam, do you own physical copies of movies? I do. On uh, You know what? You're probably going to like die. I, I still have all my VHSs too. <laughs> but they're in a box. Yeah. But, but and the, has it ever crossed DVDs, your mind to yes. sell them or is there a reason you don't? No. Um, honestly, probably just sentimental because most of the – well, some of them I know that I, I can't get anymore. But then also like most of the VHSs are Disney movies. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a cute little collection thing. I, I, I'm sure at some point I'll you know give them to somebody or I'll sell them. But it's not really on the top of my to-do list. Do you have a pretty big DVD collection, though? And it's out of sight, out of mind, for sure. (laughs) I did ask Pat to try and get rid of some of them. I think you're planning on doing that anyway. And there's still a box here, but I don't care because they can go in storage. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Everything's great now. See, that's why it doesn't bother me because everything's in storage. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, I I actually have a habit of like at my old place when I was bored and I couldn't find anything on Netflix or something, I would just walk over to my shelf and grab a movie and put it in. And I do that regularly. So Mm -hmm. I always did watch all of the movies that I had. It's not like one had been sitting on my shelf for five years and I've never watched it. That's a good point. Because like, for example, when I was trying to do my um, condensed Marvel rewatch, I was really bummed out that Netflix, well, Disney had smartly pulled all of the Marvel movies from Netflix and Hulu and all the other places you could stream them. And then I remembered that, you know, we definitely had all of the Iron Mans and the Captain America. So I just had to walk over to my DVD shelf and pull those out. Didn't have to spend money on renting them. So that was nice. Yeah, and I think once Disney Plus comes out, I will go through the movies that I do still have and get rid of all the Disney and Marvel and stuff like that because Disney also blocks you from converting all those. So I'll at Mm -hmm. least have them on Disney Plus. I know I'm going to be a lifelong member to that. So it just makes sense that (laughs) I wouldn't need to keep the physical copies then. This is why people are weary about digital copies, whether it be an ebook or a movie, TV show, whatever. You don't really own that. They can take that away whenever they want. Uh, similarly with music. We're all streaming music now. We're not buying CDs. So it is scary, the thought that all of our stuff could be taken away from us. Right. But on the other hand, they would be idiots to do that because... Pat just said he's going to be a lifelong subscriber to Disney Plus. He's going to give Disney six, seven dollars for the rest of his life. Why would they want to shut that down? On the other hand, there is always that chance that they could do that. Right. Yeah. I do worry about that with music more, honestly. I think that just because it means more to me. Um, But also, like, I'm sure that both of you probably remember this. There was a time where 
like say you didn't have your iTunes music saved on an iPod or an external hard drive, like if you got a new iPod, you couldn't transfer that over. Right. You literally had to buy the song again. Yeah, I did the whole thing where I like change, like getting a new computer where I would change my iPod into an external hard drive to save my iTunes in it and then put it on the computer. But then you'd have to like rip all the songs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There was an app called Snooty, iTunes spelled backwards, that would take all the music from your iPod and bring it to your computer. And it was like the coolest thing ever because you were getting around Apple's system because you couldn't just click and drag from iTunes off of your iPod. You needed to have those stored on Mm -hmm. your computer in order to bring them from device to device. I used to do that with um, podcasts too. Like I used to listen to this, um, uh, this musical theater podcast and like iTunes didn't always give you the whole... Like, they started deleting episodes after a while, like, back in the beginning, back in the old days. And yes. The, the caveman era. <laughs> but there were some episodes that I hadn't gone around to, and then I switched I, uh, computers, I think, and so then I had to rip all of those from my iPod so I could move them over. <laughs> I just, I can understand why people want to hold on to some DVDs or Blu-rays or, similarly, books, because they hold sentimental value or music in Pam's case, but... It, these days, when most of us are in apartments, <laughs> it's just every little thing that you have in the in your home matters because you're limited on space. So I look at DVDs and Blu-rays and I'm just like, that is a waste of space because all I want to do is stream. And I do have some books, but I, I prefer to get the ebook version unless it's something that I really care about. Well, yeah. If it's a new Harry Potter. Because in that same vein, then how do we feel about the e-readers over physical books? Because, like, I I know, like, growing up, I always, like, had friends where we would trade books. Or, like, my mom loves all of her, like, romance novels. And her and my grandmas and my aunts will all be, like, trading books all the time. Where if everything goes to e-reader, that's kind of ruining that borrowing culture. Because not all books can be borrowed when you do borrow them from like Kindle to Kindle or something, you can only borrow it for what, like two weeks or a month or something like that. And then it goes back to the other person. And then of course, with a book, you open it up, you give it a good sniff, right? It's true. You feel the grain of the page on your fingers. It's really nice. Or just turn it into a focal point. Like I love my bookshelf. I feel like, oh yeah, it's like part of the decor. Yeah, and it says it's almost like a piece of art because it says mm-hmm. a lot about you. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's like I feel like when people come over, the first thing before the first thing they used to do was look at the DVDs because they were all in the living room, and now the first thing people do is they look at my bookshelf. They're like, "What do mm-hmm. you? What do you have here?" Because there's not a lot of space, but yeah. it's like a selection. I feel like it does say a lot about me. The reason I like eBooks is because if I'm traveling, it is much easier to bring a Kindle instead of a physical book so much easier unlike you're you're not bringing movies with you or video games or cds i guess you used to when you had a cd player but you do have to bring books with you when you're traveling and they are too big to to bring with you so i i love the kindle for that reason yeah that you know that's a good point because i i did bring a book to portland but i i was constricted on the size Mm-hmm. So I didn't bring the book I wanted to bring. I brought something smaller. 
And when you bought a book or two from the bookstores you went to in Portland, were you like, oh, shit, where am I going to put this? No, because we were driving back, so I didn't feel guilty. Oh, of course. But if I had been flying back, it would have been a huge problem because I bought (laughs) four hardback books while I was Uh. there. Okay. But it is something too that I like extend if, my suitcase size. <laughs> if you find a book that you love on your e-reader and you want a friend to do it, everybody is going to have to buy that digital book where you're not borrowing a book anymore. So I feel like that is going to help the publishers. It is helping all the authors because everybody is going to have to actually purchase the book instead of just borrowing it. Mm-hmm. All right, time now for a word from another one of this week's sponsors, and it is a new sponsor. As everyone knows, I have a dog, Brooklyn, and I've had him for about five years now. And every once in a while, I see another dog owner share a painting that they got done of their companion, and I get jealous. It just seems like such a great way to immortalize your pet. Pets are these happy, trustworthy, joyful creatures who we adore, And a painting to solidify our love for them seems like such a great idea. So I've always wanted to do this. I think I've even said to you, Pat, a couple times, like, I want to do this. I want to do this. Well, our new sponsor this week is a company who can do exactly that for you, PaintYourLife.com. At Paint Your Life, you can get a portrait hand-painted from any photo at an affordable price. When my painting arrived, I was stunned by the quality, the fact that it was really hand-painted, and just how photorealistic it was. It, it was really remarkable. I was truly amazed at the artist's ability to capture every detail from the original photo, plus listen to the modifications that I requested. I couldn't have found a pr- more perfect addition to my home. How it works is simple. You upload a photo you want turned into a painting, and you can ask for certain modifications. For example, I requested that they remove Brooklyn's harness in the photo that I had sent. I had this nice photo of him on the beach here in Chicago. He's on top of a uh, lifeguard's boat, and the sun is rising, and Brooklyn's got a smile. It's a great photo that I took. (laughs) But he's wearing his harness, and you can see my leash, the leash cable going towards him, running towards me, because I'm, you know, I've got him leashed while I'm taking the photo. I don't want that in the painting, so I said, hey, can you take these out? It was no problem for the artist to do when it got time to paint. So they took it right out. I also had them make a slight adjustment to Brooklyn's eyes once they had sent the uh, proof back. My painting arrived a week or two later, and now I have this great artwork of Brooklyn hanging on my wall. This is a true painting done by hand by a world-class artist created from a favorite photo. It goes beyond just printing a photo and hanging it on a wall. It really adds something unique to your home. I want you to try this. Add something original and unique, something that will be created once and never again. Then you can get up close to it. You can see the brush strokes. It's, it's, it's really awesome. I'm so glad I have this in Brooklyn now. And right now, as a limited time offer, get 30% off your painting. That's right, 30% off. And free shipping. To get this special offer, text the word M-I-L-L to 484848. That's M-I-L-L to 484848. Again, M-I-L-L to 484848. So easy. Message and data rates may apply. You upload your photo. You give them some suggestions for the photo. You're done. You get the photo. You can add a frame too if you want. It's so cool. If you don't want to do it for yourself, get it for somebody as a gift. They are going to freaking adore this. I promise you. 
Yeah, the photo really does look so good. And you know what, Andrew? We're going to have to get one of Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) If you want, Charlie, Pat's cat, is moving in tonight, actually, after we record this episode. Yes, she is. Time now for a couple emails. We have one regular email, then two confessionals. Pat, do you want to read this email? I know you liked it. Shane writes, Hey folks, I wanted to respond to the panel's comments about the Wesley episode of Queer Eye Season 4. Understandably, you all think that, out of context, it is strange to have the subject of the episode meet with the man who shot him. However, there is a cultural element that you all missed. Everyone is aware of the angry or ignorant black man and angry or ignorant black woman stereotypes, but Karama wanted to take an opportunity to use his platform and work against those ideas. W.E.B. Du Bois referred to a double consciousness or two-ness in his writings. We, as black people, have to be possessed of all of an alter ego of sorts, which allows us to move from culturally homogenous to culturally heterogeneous spaces. Karamo has, to an extent, discussed this in interviews and obviously wanted to take this opportunity to highlight the fact that we grow and learn and evolve in a multifaceted way. In that brief moment, he did some of his most valuable work on the show yet. It's easy to find memes and clips of black people speaking or expressing ignorance. The internet loves it. It's also easy to see minstrelsy in TV and film. (coughs) Tyler Perry. (coughs) So while I went into the scene feeling one way, I saw it for what it really intended. It was moving and really meaningful to see a group of black men sit together in a nice setting and have a reserved conversation that ended in acceptance, forgiveness, and gratitude. It was a scene that featured black men displaying emotional intelligence, which is something that Trump and his goblins think that we, black people, are wholly incapable of possessing. Shane, that was a great email. Thank you. I didn't think of it that way, but that was a great point. I still stand by my feelings that it was surprising and shocking, but you bring up a great point that... It's it's rare to see these people sitting together in a nice setting and just trying to work things out. It was nice. It was nice for sure. Yeah, and I fully agree that that is one of the best moments to come out of the series so far. Just the way that they were all able to sit together and talk was beautiful. The way that everything turned out in the end. Time now for a couple of confessionals. This is a lighter edition of the confessional. Pat said... Add some confessionals. I like these. And I look through them. And I'm really glad that people submit what they do. It means a lot that you, even though it's anonymous, that you trust us with what you're sharing. So thank you. We do read them. We do reflect on them. We do debate airing them on the show or not. Sometimes we don't air them because we're not sure we have anything to add that would do justice to what you are saying. That said, we get some that we do feel are appropriate to air. Here's one. Sunday night, I got stung by a yellow jacket in, to quote friend and George, a place I don't generally display to the public. It wasn't really bothering me too much in the last couple of days. And then this morning, it started to itch. A lot. So I took a Benadryl and stuck an ice pack down my pants and I'm walking around my office like nothing is wrong. (laughs) I thought someone else besides me should know about my plight. I am so sorry, but I also wonder how did the bee sting you in a place you generally don't display to the public? 
Maybe they were sunbathing in the nude. Ooh. That's what I was going to say, too. Happy <laughs> summer. Maybe a nude beach or in their backyard. Mm-hmm. The possibilities are endless. Ooh. What if they... Oh, but you know what just grosses me out about this is what if they had, like, crawled into one of your holes? <laughs> I mean, that that, like, seriously, that could have happened. That's, like, straight out of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> or like there's that one speaking of memes that went around like the centipedes in my vagina if you guys ever saw that google it no, no. but i don't think i want to it's just like a billboard that somebody made say that <laughs> oh god i do have a confession i've probably i brought it up probably a long time ago i think if not then surprise so i i it's been well documented on the show that i shit on my high school floor and just left it there (laughs) but i used to have very serious bowel movement problems and i won't get into it in case in case people are like eating or don't want to be grossed out but i had problems and thank god they got worked out naturally because i would get terrible constipation or diarrhea even going into high school so the reason i bring this up right now is because there were times I was wearing diapers to high school (laughs) because I had diarrhea or constipation that I was afraid was going to blow or release at any time. I would get through, I would go through these phases that were just the worst. And I know people could smell me in school. It was worse in middle school, but it was still happening by high school as well. And I would also, I would also be so afraid that people would hear my diaper. It's not the same, but like similar to how I think women feel if they have to wear pads on their period, because those Mm. things are basically just, you know, truncated diapers, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) At least that's common, though. Like, yeah. Yeah, but it's still embarrassing, especially when you're little. Well, not little, but like younger. Yeah, yeah, just getting started. Mm-hmm. One more confessional. Hey, y'all, I love the show. I just got back from a four-day camping music festival with my mom, and my mind is just a little boggled. While dancing my ass off with some new friends, they passed me a joint that I happily enjoyed. Though I thought my mom may have gone to the bathroom, it turns out she was a little further back in the crowd. Even funnier, she told me she had bought herself a vape pen to use instead of drinking a glass of wine in the evening. Though marijuana is legal in my state, it felt really weird to be openly high around my mom, though I guess I was a lot less paranoid than usual. Since there's still a stigma on getting high and I'm job searching out of state, I'm going anonymous. But having it, but have any of y'all had odd moments with family like this? Not that specifically, but I guess probably the first times I was really drunk around my parents. Well, really, the first time I think my parents ever saw me drunk was at a different cousin's wedding, and I ended up vomiting that night. So that was awkward. And my dad still hasn't let me live it down, even though that was like seven years ago now. But you know what happens? Similarly to your story, confessional writer, I just I haven't had a story like this, but nothing like a concert or a good family party to get your parents to open up i've definitely had my parents open up when they have had a lot to drink and they would say things that they definitely wouldn't in any other scenario 
So I I know that feeling that you experienced having an odd moment with your family that you normally wouldn't because I've been there a couple of times and it's always pretty interesting. Yeah, my uh, parents were never really big drinkers, but um, it, and it's like not the same. But I I think like the first time that uh, multiple of us siblings were able to like actually go to a bar together and drink that was really fun. Um, mm-hmm. There was this one time where I went to a concert with my brother. And a, uh, she, she's like, she was not an ex, but like a misconnection. She's like the one that got away. And it was really funny because me and this girl that my brother had invited ended up getting super, super drunk together at the concert. And then my brother had to drive us both home. (laughs) (laughs) So that was pretty great. We were like hanging all over each other and then he had to take us home and put us to bed. So that was pretty funny. Yeah. All right, we have one more sponsor today, Talkspace. They are a game changer in the therapy world. We all need someone to talk to, a person who can support us through rough patches or even the everyday ups and downs of life. That's where Talkspace comes in. Talkspace is therapy for how we live today. Frequently here on Millennial, we speak about services that provide convenience and fit into our everyday lives. We also talk about the power of a therapist. Talkspace is the best of both worlds. Therapy on your own time, from your own phone, no matter where you are in the world. Talkspace Online Therapy makes taking care of your mental health more affordable and convenient than ever before. Simply provide your preferences for therapy, and Talkspace will match you with one of 5,000 therapists the very same day. You no longer have to wait for your next appointment to talk about what's on your mind. With Talkspace, you can send unlimited messages to your dedicated therapist from the privacy of your device from anywhere at any time of day. If you're having a tough time, you can always schedule a live video session as well for extra support. I love Talkspace because it let me step my toes into the world of therapy and I could do it from my couch. It makes it easier to get into therapy because it's not as big of a commitment. You don't have to go anywhere. You're just sitting at home speaking to somebody who cares and who will listen. These people also know what they're doing, which is very important. And another thing we always talk about on the show is affordability, and Talkspace is affordable too. One month of therapy on the Talkspace platform costs about the same amount as a single face-to-face session would. And best of all, you never have to wait a week to share what's on your mind. You message them whenever you want. Join more than 1 million people who feel happier with Talkspace. Talkspace has more than 5,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing the challenges we all face To match with your perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com and make sure to use the code M-I-L-L to get $65 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's M-I-L-L and Talkspace.com. This is a great opportunity. I'm sure all of you have heard about it before. Laura loves it too. And now you get a sweet discount when you use code M-I-L-L. Time now for recommendations. Pam, what is yours? Uh, Mine is another podcast that's called Dissect, and it's actually produced by Spotify, but you can listen to it on other podcasting apps. So that's good if you're not a Spotify fan. Um, This is something that I listened to on my trip, and I really, really liked it. It's like the perfect show for a music nerd like me. They do deep dives every season into one specific album that they pick. Uh, So I listened to the two 
seasons about Frank Ocean's Channel Orange and also Blonde, which was his last release. And not only do they go track by track and take a really deep dive analysis approach to the albums, but they also really work in a lot of music theory as well, which is really great because that's something that I'm interested in, but I've never taken a class on. So um, yeah, it's it's just really a great way to kind of amp up your listening experience. So I highly recommend checking that out and seeing if any of the deep dives are interested or of interest to you. That's so if cool. If you're a music fan like me. I would love to do that. I'm definitely going to check it out because I have a podcast. It's kind of like that. It doesn't go into whole albums, but just random songs that are out now with like music theory and stuff. So I'm definitely going to look into that one. And what's your rec, Pat? Um, that I think everybody... And their mom and their dad, everybody, just everybody needs to watch Lizzo's uh, NPR Tiny Desk concert. It came out on Monday. It's incredible. She's incredible. She is just always so real and funny. She jokes during it. She does three of her songs that have, are really popular right now. Um, it's just super entertaining to watch. Twitter was lit on Monday morning when that got released. As they should have been. I agree, Pat. It was so good. So and good. also, like, I think you listen to Pop Culture Happy Hour, too. Yeah. I feel like they've been hyping that up for, like, a month. Yes, so I've been have. waiting for it. Uh, she And she's so funny. She jokes during it. At one point, she's yeah. sweating. And she's like, I got to dab some sweat, y'all. <laughs> yeah, she's like, me and my tiny-ass desk where I can barely fit one thigh underneath. I was like, yeah, goals. Uh, same Lizzo. Can relate. Yeah, she is incredible. <laughs> I love her. If you want to listen to either of these things in an enjoyable manner, I recommend AirPods. And obviously, these aren't new. But a week or two ago, I was at the gym. I was like, fuck, these rock. If you have been on the fence about AirPods, but you actually haven't done it yet, do it. If you like Apple headphones, they will fit comfortably in your ears. They won't fall out. That is something people always wonder. Do they fall out without without wires on them? I'm like, no, of course not, because there's no wires hanging off of them, pulling them down out of your ears. They just disappear into your ears. And if you're at the gym, it is a godsend because then you don't have wires b- bouncing up and down when you're doing cardio. Also, the sound quality is fantastic, and the first time you put them in and listen to music, you're like, this is unbelievable. It almost feels like there's nothing in my ears. That's how I feel, at least. And they work great. Pam, do you have them yet? Yeah, I do. I was going to say that I was really impressed by how long the charge time lasts. Like, they charge really fast, but also I don't have to to charge them every day. Right. So they hold four hours. Each, each AirPod. And if you really wanted to extend the life, you could only use one of them at a time. Mm-hmm. So four hours in one, four hours in the other. Um, you can also use them to talk on the phone. You can uh, contact Siri with the newer AirPods. And uh, the, it, the case that it comes with also charges them. And that holds like 12 hours of juice. Right, right. Yeah. So it's very convenient. Also really good for girls because like if you don't have pockets, but you have a bag and you don't, you know, it's kind of hard to... Have like say if you have a backpack to have like your phone plugged into your headphones, yeah, in the backpack because you have nowhere else to put it. It's great. It just completely takes care of that problem because you can put both things in your bag, yeah, and then you're really hands free. 
wireless headphones are of course the future and when these first came out everybody looked at them and was like they look stupid (laughs) but now they're becoming fashion statements just like all of apple's other devices did they look stupid at first then everybody starts wearing them and we all get used to them and then before long they're cool yeah i love mine too and i am i'm a runner i like to go running and i always had the issue where the wires were one of them would always pop out all the time and with the airpods i have never had one even move once while running no matter if i'm doing sprint stuff if i'm doing distance like they really do stay in though i weirdly always have a fear i'm gonna lose one in the toilet when i like flush it at work (laughs) but that's never happened and i really hope it never does couple other things really quick um you can tap on them to pause music or to go to the next song Mm -hmm. so you don't have to pull out your phone that's nice with ios 13 you're going to be able to stream to two sets of airpods at once so you and your friend let's say you're sitting on a plane or something else you want to listen to the same song no problem you don't have to split up the airpods you both get to listen which is super cool i actually love that because i roll with the headphone splitter when i travel (laughs) right right this is the end of the headphone splitter apple's killing it (laughs) it is kind of romantic the idea of a headphone splitter though but i'll i'll take this for convenience (laughs) pam what's coming up in after dark today um should millennials without children be able to go to disneyland we're gonna talk about it (sighs) people people are shitting on adults going to disney and i don't like it Mm mm-hmm Please follow us on social media. You know who also is on vacation this week? Jewel. And now I have to make the social media clips for both podcasts. And that takes a lot of work when you don't know when you when you don't know what you're doing. So please follow us on social media and appreciate the posts. Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also email us, millennialshow at gmail.com. We would also love your support on patreon patreon.com slash millennial i said at the top of the show laura and i recorded a landy if you're missing her this week there's another 30 minutes of show for you waiting on patreon we also have a breaking news installment a recent one in which we talked about Mueller's testimony and you also get access to our live streams our planning docs ahead of time so you can see what's coming up and we post some random content on there from time to time as well and of course you get after dark and Mega Millennial, which is ad-free millennial. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Pamela. And I'm Pat. Bye. Bye.